0: My name is Roland Romblad. I've been coming to Cornerstone Church for a little over a year. And when I first started coming, I quickly jumped in to a small group um, doing the 2-7 series. And if nobody has done that series, I recommend it. It is the most, I don't know, it's just so deep. And our small group continued even after doing the three books in the series, and we're going on to other studies. And I just really appreciate the fellowship that is here and the solid teaching that we get from the pastors. Today's verses from the Bible are Genesis 2, 1 through 4. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord made, the Lord God made the heavens and the earth.
1: How are we doing? That's when you want to volunteer to read, when it's four verses, not like the entire chapter a couple weeks ago. Lucky, We don't tell you in advance, but you can kind of work it out if you do volunteer. We'd love to have you read. Um, so speaking of uh, volunteers, um, let's see. Hey, Jen, you got a Patriots jersey. You look like you got a big box of problems. That's all that team's bringing these days. Come on up here. I do appreciate you being here rather than watching them lose probably. Here. You never know. I know. It's heavy. Those of you who have never seen this, uh, probably most of you have. I'm helping her right now but you're strong. You got it, right? This is something that we all have, and that's why it's ragged and tagger. It's been around for years now, and it's just full of weight, of stresses, right? We have stresses of the past, regrets, sins, problems, all that stuff, and the future, and the present, and right, but here's the thing, and the younger you are, you need to hear me, like, right? because the older we get, the more, at least with this, we get wise, we realize, but the younger you are, the more you think you can manage your box of problems, right? So right now, She's managing, if I made you stand up here the rest of the sermon, it might be different, but you might be able to manage, you probably maybe take a few things out, make it a little bit more manageable. But what happens is, problems add up. Money problems, that wasn't very heavy, I know. (laughs) Football problems, right? Uh, Maybe, box of Kleenex here, maybe you're sick, health problems, and she represents all of us, right? So it's not just Jen, but, uh, or maybe, uh, you know, you're sad, right? That's in there. Um, anyone here ever have trouble sleeping? Oh, a lot of us. See, that comes a comes a problem. Toilet paper. It's just, we don't need to ask. It's not Jen. It is. I mean, hey, if you live through COVID, come on. The reason I have that in my closet, I'm not. I'm ashamed of this. But there was a time period where I took a few rolls from our church supply and said, I don't know how this is gonna go. Right? We were closed anyway. So, um, and then lastly, before poor. Jen kills over the problems of the world. Oh my gosh, let me don't lick my globe. It's right, like you look to the news, and so it piles up. All you can see is it, right? And so before you can, it'll help you put it Thank down. Let's hear it for Jen, right, for being our guinea pig. Do you, need, do you need? Okay, you're good, right? Like all human beings, at some point in our life, sometimes more points than not. We end up in, have you ever heard the expression rock in a hard place? Right? So so the rock is the past, right? The regrets, the sins, the shame, maybe sins that have been to us, we've done and it's just ugh, right? But then the hard place is the future. I'm worried. How's that situation gonna go? Am I gonna find that job? Am, am I gonna be able to pay that bill? Someone I love sick, like I'm getting older and and Right, and that's just me as much as anyone. There's a reason why at my wedding I had, you know, they said pick your favorite verse, and it was do not worry. My poor wife was like, really? And I was like, I'm worried for you. Really, it's you. And and yet, but it's just because it's always been my kind of bent. And so what happens is that box of problems is we get so caught in that rock and a hard place that we completely miss the present blessings. We miss what God's doing. We don't rest, (laughs) And that's what we're gonna talk about, right? But here's my hope for you is that you and I can understand when we talk about rest, we're not just talking about a day off. We're talking about being able to rest in Christ and what that means. does that sound good? Be able to rest. But it feels like it's elusive. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna change that. God's gonna change that. Let's pray. Lord, we we we, we can as I just said, um it, it's only you who can change us. Lord, my prayer is not just that we get a a good sermon and some good music today and leave and feeling a little bit uplifted. That's good, but Lord, that, that, that it's, it's real change and whatever that um, is needed, if it's salvation or if it's to learn how to rest in you, to learn how to trust you, to learn how to just know who you are, that your Holy Spirit would do your work. It's in Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. amen. All right, so seventh day, we're gonna uh, be really there, what we just had read. Um, so if you do, I mean, I'll put it on the screen for the few verses that I'm going to kind of bring back up. But if you want to look at it, it's Genesis two. It's easy to find, uh, first book of the Bible, right? Um, and by the way, if you don't own a Bible, uh, one of those around you you can keep. Um, anyone can use them, but but uh, leave them behind if you own one. But if you don't, take it. It's our gift or give it to someone if you know someone who needs a Bible. We'll restock it. All right. Let um, yesterday uh, was kind of bittersweet, but a really great day uh, in our church. I mean. Yesterday morning, we had a celebration of life for Jen Carey. Um, Almost made it to her 90th birthday. Um, But we, you know, and I've joked with you, but I'm actually really serious. I've never actually used this as a sermon title, but I really mean this. And I said this about Jen. Make your funeral easy for me. Like, that sounds morbid, right? First of all, your job is, don't let's not have a funeral for you. I don't want that. But if you do, we get to that point, make it easy for me, like Jen did. Uh, her life just made it so easy to share who Jesus is. And uh, it was bittersweet, but it was a real celebration. And last night, the great uh, dinner raised multiple thousands of dollars for, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. You can clap. We don't need a weak claps for uh, homeless or foster kids in the area and really blessing them. Some of you were there, but also many of you, even if you just donated, there was so much like stuff people were bidding on. Um, we need more guy stuff next year, just, just, so, you're, just so you're aware. It's a lot of stuff. I was like, I love the bid, but I don't need another, never mind. Uh, But... My wife bought a lot of stuff, so that was good. Uh, and, and no, it was a really great cause. We still have some, uh, the Ropa Hope keychains, if you want. They're $15, which is way too much for a keychain, but all the money will go to them, right? So if you need one of those or want one of those out in the comments, you can do that. So, But it was just a great, great overall time. So thank you, and really thankful to our outreach team. Um, they're a great team, and they bless Worcester every month, and they do other things. If you're looking to be a part of that, just join them. There's not a number to it. Uh, it's really great opportunity to just be a blessing to people. Rarely are they doing something like this is terrible, right? It's a lot of, a lot of fun that they have. A lot of work, but a lot, a lot of good work. Okay, enough of that. So um, we, we just had the seventh day read, and I'm, I'm just going to read the first three verses again. If you were with us the first couple of weeks, or if you just have read the Genesis account of creation before, I, I, I want you to, as I read this again, I want you to think And I'll give you the answers to the test, don't worry. But I want you to think, like, what is different? There's two major things that are different. That 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 well, three things that are different, but two things that are absent from day seven that you saw in days one through six, and one thing that's present that happens on day seven that didn't happen in the first six days. Right? So just try to try to think of, you know, like, all right, what's different? Okay. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So there's a couple of big things that you didn't see in day seven that we saw in the first six days. The first is how it begins. The other six days are God said, right? God said, God said, God said, because that's how God created. He spoke creation. Right, so every time you saw that, he's working this creation that's good, and then eventually very good, and and yet day seven, there's none of that. Why? Because he's finished. It means he ceased. He's done. Right, and he rested. So, right, so so he 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 rests, um, but it's it's not like he's taking a break. He's not needing a nap. God's not going off on vacation to a different universe or something like that. Right, it means he ceased the work because it's done. It's complete. The second thing we don't see in day seven is the end. It was, it was uh, evening and morning, morning and evening, and this first day, the second day, the third day. You don't see that. The reason we think that's the case, this is really important. Day seven is actually now a continuous day as far as God's concerned. He, he, he created and now it's done, but he rests in a way not to take a break, but that he's sovereign over and in. So, so the creation becomes his temple. He resides in it and over it. Everything is in harmony and at peace at this point. And so everything is bringing him glory. And, and there's just this idea of perpetual resting, meaning you can trust. He gave us work, right? He said, if you remember last week, go, multiply, bear the image and likeness of God to the world so there is work to be done but it's done from rest which means god's got it all right that's what the seven days all about the thing that you saw that you didn't see in the first six days was that he concert, he makes it holy which just means to set apart right? he makes this set apart because it's blessed everything's in harmony so what happened <laughs> sin of course happened chapter three which we'll get to eventually Right, that, that sin messed up this harmony and this peace, this idea of rest, this box of problems that weighs us all down and gets overwhelming. This rock in a hard place of regrets and sins of our past and worries of the future, and I don't know what's gonna happen. It's all it's out of peace with God, out of harmony with God. It's not rest, right? So so it's day seven is what it was meant to and designed to be living and working from this beautiful rest that that God has completed his creation, but now it's time to go. But it's been messed up. And so we have, as you read throughout Scripture, the Sabbath day. Not the seventh day of creation, but the Sabbath day. This was a a, a sign from God, uh, one of the signs of a covenant that he made. If you remember, he made this with Abraham and Abraham's family. But at the time, Abraham just was married. They were in their 70s, eventually their 90s, no kids. And God said, Here's what I promise you, Abraham. You're going to have so many kids and grandkids and descendants. It's going to be like, you can't count them. And he's like, Please, right? But that took place. You have the nation of Israel. And they said, I'm going to bless you with land. And so if you read the book of Joshua, they entered the promised land. Thirdly, most important to us is I'm going to bless you. So much so that from you I, and through you, I will bless all the nations on the earth. That took place in Jesus who came from the line of Abraham. And now Jew or Gentile, slave or free, man or woman, whatever your background, you may be saved and at peace with God because of that blessing. And one of the signs of that covenant of blessing was the Sabbath day. It was huge, you hear it talk about a lot in the Old Testament, right? It was meant to be this beautiful day, not just a day off or a day to regroup or a day to not work, it was a day of joy, a day of rest, a day to look to, to God and say, "You're the point of all this." Like it's your glory. Right, So so you would, you would rest, yes, but you would also gather with family and friends and you, and, you, and you would worship God and then you would fellowship, you would eat good food and drink good drink and, and enjoy God. right? And, and this was really important. So the, if you came in, say, the first six days uh, were a train wreck of a week. Anyone relate to that? Maybe you come in here today, it's like, oh. And you get there and you're like, everything went wrong, everything failed. And then you get there and you're like, wait a minute. God's got it all. It coordinates with the seventh day of creation. God can be trusted. God is over this. God is in this. God is going to work this for his good. I can rest in Him. But the real temptation is if your six days went really, really well, <laughs> you worked hard and you got success and you earned a lot. A lot happened. The temptation is day seven is, I do more. I can get more. But you were to humbly stop and say, no, 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 no no. All blessings flow from God. Anything that I have is good. Anything that is anything, it He is the point. And so, the Sabbath day was meant to remind us of the peace that should be as we arrive, as we as we are in the presence of God and with one another. The sin is completely messed up. And if you've read the New Testament, <laughs> you know by Jesus' day they'd really done what human beings do. We love to mess things up. We love to make good things bad. (laughs) And that's what happened. By Jesus' day, the people couldn't stand, I'm just going to say it, they just couldn't stand the Sabbath day. Like they just wanted to get it over with. They get back to the other six because the other six, they had the work was a lot easier. It became so many. The religious leaders had built around so many rules and so much around what God had given them that they were so afraid. Like huh, I don't even know what to do. It became this horrible burden religiously on the people that was never meant to be. So Jesus, like he, he's honoring the Sabbath the way you're supposed to, and they're so furious. You remember the story? Jesus healed somebody. Could you imagine, like you know CPR, and someone drops down next to you, you start helping them. I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 this is the Lord's day. It's a day of rest. You'd be like, get off! What are you even talking about? All right. So Jesus and his uh, disciples, they're hanging out. They're This is totally legal. They're walking on the fringe of someone's crops and they're just picking what's kind of left over and eating. And they yelled at him for that. You're working. Like, we're not working. Like we're not making money or earning. We're enjoying fellowship. We're eating good food and praising God because of it. But they were so furious with him because the Sabbath had become this control mechanism. And Jesus said, and this you need to hear me because this is where we land. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Do you imagine how infuriated they must have been? Who do you think you are? The Sabbath is everything to us and and. And you're saying you're the Lord of it? It says Sabbath was made for man, not for God. Yes, it's to bring God the glory, but, but God doesn't need rest. And God doesn't need recalibration. And God doesn't need to be reminded of anything. It's we who do. And so what Jesus is saying, I've come. And now this rest, this seventh day of creation, this ultimate Sabbath day rest is found in me. That for the Christian, we need to understand the blessed rest of creation is found in Christ. In Christ. A, 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 a sort of a weird thing began to take place in the early church. A sort of weird thing. They, they were, I mean, the vast majority of them in the early days were, were Jewish, right? So, so they were used to the Sabbath day, which was? Saturday for us, the first, the the seventh day of the week. Didn't get changed, right? Sabbath day's always been the seventh day of the week. But they began to celebrate and gather and worship on the first day. It correlated with the resurrection Sunday, and they called it the Lord's Day. Now, whether they meant to do this or not, I don't know, but it subtly began to change how we look at Sabbath, how we look at rest. You see, up until that point, they worked for six days and rested from their work. But now... You rest, and now you work from your rest. That's not just a semantic game. It's an incredibly important way to view your life. Do you rest from work? That's important to do. Have a day off, hit the beach, take a vacation. It's important. But the Christian works from our rest. That's what we do. Uh, maybe this will help. Um, before my sabbatical, which you guys graciously gave me this summer into early October, I would, anytime I had a day off, it's usually Monday, but anytime some time off, I would rest from the hard work of ministry, right? Like like all of you, like, oh, right? Rest. Try to do something restful. And that's good to do. But that's basically what I was doing. Then I had all that time off. And, and in that, just like my last sabbatical, it was like the same thing. God saying to me, and this is This is tough, right? If I take all of it away church, family, all of it who are you? Who are you? Because you can hide behind ministry and preaching, and you can hide behind all the stuff the church is doing, you can hide behind all your family's doing. Who are you? And the answer is the same I'm in Christ. And so as I had that chance, to, that doesn't mean I want him to take any of that away, or that he will, but, but who am I? What's my identity? So as I rested in that, and they cleared out all the other stuff, and so I wish everyone could have that opportunity, and I know you can't, but I wish you could find the opportunity to do that, because when you do that, now you get back to work, because Christ calls us to a lot of work as disciples, but it's working from the rest. And that's how I feel now, and I'm still fighting that battle. Make sure I don't revert. So now, I don't have to control that. Right? God's got that. But yeah, you work hard and you were called to use our gifts and all of that, but in the end, Jesus has it. It's a whole different way of viewing it. Instead oh, no, Jesus, help me. I need to rest. Instead of going, I know who I am and now I can get to work from that rest. The fact is we find our rest in him. Now, just in case you think I'm stretching this or trying to force a point into where it shouldn't be, I want to show you, and this is the, the last couple of verses we're going to look at, I want to show you in Matthew chapter 11. might be familiar to some of you. Um, the context of this, I already kind of mentioned. So Jesus this is like right in the middle right, of Matthew's story of, of, of the gospel of Jesus, his life. Early ministry of Jesus, most of it was good. Big crowds, a lot of healing, a lot of popularity. Now he starts meeting opposition because he's, he's, he's going up against some of the religious leaders of the day. And he's right? And so now and he's just praying this public prayer. We're not going to show that, but in chapter 11 he's praying this public prayer. And it really, in his prayer, he's like, there are some who, who hate me, some who are going to completely resist me, and some who are desperate for God and desperate for what I can offer them. And it's a great question to ask, which one are you? Because we have that today. Oh, do we have that today. People just hate Jesus, hate the gospel. And I said that, that was me. I didn't hate Jesus, but I hated the gospel. I hated it. I hated the exclusive nature of it. I hated the fact that the cross was the only way. I thought, well, what about this? What about that? And it's just, now it's everything to me. It's truth. Which are you? So he stands up in the midst of this, Okay. Crowd of people, and I need you to hear me. They're just like us. Exactly like us. Now, do they look a little different? Sure, probably a little different skin tone than most of us. Uh, uh, different clothing for sure. Some customs that we're not familiar with. Different language they spoke. Other than those surface things, just like us. This box of problems. <laughs> you don't think they had them? They don't think they had problems with marriage? With sex, with kids, with parents, with jobs, with money, with health, with, with, with regret of sin of the past and shame, and, and with worries about where am I going to eat the next day, and, and, and worries about my kids, my grandkids. Their box of problems is just like ours. I need you to understand that. When Jesus stands up in the midst of this crowd, he may as well stand up in the midst of us today. And he just looked at them and he said, Come to me. Three words that will change your life. They changed mine. Come to me. They were used to, just like you, somebody standing up and giving a system of something. If they do this, and don't do that. and do, Then they'll work this off. They were so used to that and the burden of it. And here's this Jesus. He stands up and he just says, He specifically says, all who labor. Oh, anyone laboring here? Physical, emotional, just labor. Exhausted, weary. He says, Come to me. If you're heavy laden, and I think a lot of this was religiously. They were just so tired of all the rules around it. Like, we don't even know, we can't even see God through all these rules. And he says, Hey, 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 come to me. And then here it is I will give you rest. (sighs) Jesus isn't taking you on vacation to Hawaii, okay? That's not what he means. Those are good days. Are he's talking about are the rest of like the seventh day. The peace that we need with God, the harmony that he created, the, this, this idea of, of I can do a, all the stuff he's called me to do because I just trust him. He says, come to me. I will give you this rest. Right. The, 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 the next part of that, take my yoke upon you. That's like the yoke of oxen. You ever seen that? Like, okay, maybe I was talking to someone after the 9 o'clock, and they were just like, I was so confused always what that meant. It just means, look, because like, he calls you to servitude, which is weird. It's like, I'll give you rest, and I'll serve me, right? Like, if I said that to you, you should leave. But Jesus has this unique way of saying, come to me, yoke yourself with me. I am not just your Savior, but your Lord. And what happens is all of this box of problems as you yoke yourself to him, gets put on him and he deals with it like that you still have those problems we're in the already not yet this life is hard but when you yoked yourself to to Jesus now what happens is I can rest I can trust God and he says you you learn from me like that's what we're doing right now like like if you leave here and, and and you think more highly your first point is you think more highly of me I've failed But if you think more highly of Jesus, amen. That's the point. And through his word, every time you open your Bible, it isn't just to check off a religious box. It's to rest and learn. Every time you pray and worship and and, and sing and gather, it's to to rest in Christ, right? He says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Doesn't that sound good? Some of you aren't even believing me. I can just almost sense it. You're like, yeah, that's, that's other people. You have to ask the question, is Jesus not big enough for you? Because I'm telling you he is, but you got to believe it. And he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So you yoke yourself to him and suddenly the harmony and the peace, he's recreating it, That seventh day, that I can trust God with this problem, this regret. Suddenly, (laughs) the the regrets of sin turn into a beautiful R.E. word. It's called repentance. And I know people have turned that into an ugly word. It is a beautiful word. It means because of Christ and the cross, I can say goodbye to my sin and shame forever because he's dealt with it in full. Goodbye and believe. But it's in him. So here's, here's ultimately the question. And I really mean it. This isn't just one of those speaking techniques. Here's a question. Now I'm going to give you the answer. I really want you to ask you this question. Awkward pause. What would it look like? What would it really look like if we came to Jesus like that? I don't mean just talking about it and thinking about it at church or with your crew at home or your your groups or whatever. That's great. What would it really look like if when he says come to me we did that we really did. What's the picture that that would paint in your own life? And I don't maybe you've never been a Christian or maybe you've been one for years. I still want you to answer that question to yourself. Instead of talking a lot about it. Let's just watch this picture of it.
0: What's going on? Simon's house. We need to get through. Come back. Come back. A rabbi has a pressing matter ahead. It's him. It's your rabbi. Stay here. A rabbi has a pressing matter ahead. He Promise you. Come back. TJ! TJ! A rabbi has a pressing matter ahead. He TJ!
1: just just the edge only a threat you i know you get away from him stop it please Rabbi Youssef. Rabbi Youssef. this woman bleeds she is unclean we removed her please
0: please i have a promise i won't touch him i, I just need oh, to... woman
1: please we can help you but not now okay. but...
0: sorry, sorry. Right. tomorrow oh, please just a moment just skype Body back, back, back. You... I asked the question who touched me Master, They all have someone touched me I felt that power went out of me whoever touched me Come forward, teacher. <laughs> it was me.
1: Just the fringe of your garment, only the edge, I promise. You are not unclean.
0: Why my garment?
1: I'm sorry, I, I know I should have asked, but if, if you touched me, it
0: would make you ritually unclean according to the law. Uh, I was sick, I was sick for 12 years. I bled and, and, and no one could stop it. But, but I believed if I could just touch a piece of your garment. <laughs> and I was right, I was right. Thank you. Who told you I could heal?
1: Uh, a man from the pool. <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> the blood has ceased.
0: My daughter.
1: I'm no one's daughter anymore. Look up. Yes, you are.
0: Daughter. It wasn't my piece of clothing that healed you.
1: But it was instant. I felt it right away.
0: I know. But it wasn't this.
1: It was your faith. Teacher, she was bleeding so long, we can take her. She is clean. You blessed me today, and I know, my daughter, I know it has been
0: a fight for you for so long. You must be exhausted.
1: Go now in peace. Your faith has made you well. I wish I could stay here longer. But I have business to attend to. Someone else has faith like yours.
0: But I'm so glad that we found each other.
1: I think that's... A picture of what it looks like. If you've never come to Jesus by faith, what might be stopping you? Maybe it's been such an exhausting battle for you for a long time. Shame. That woman couldn't even go to church for 12 years. She wasn't allowed in church. Maybe it's intellect, unbelief. It should be weird to be a Christian. Aren't weird people Christians? Yes, we are. In all the good ways, I hope. Will you come to Jesus? That's where it all begins. What would it look like to really just come? Not just for physical healing. That was just like... Rest is in Him. I know the world says it's this and that and this and that. It's not. I'm telling you, it's not. You know, deep down inside, it's not. It's found in Him. But for Christians, for us, I need this as much as anyone in the room, I promise. What would it look like if this is how we lived? He is my rest. You wake up in the middle of the night. Jesus. You wake up in the morning in the crushing stress of the day. Jesus. You, wake, you, you open your Bible not to check off that religious box, but to rest in Jesus, to learn from him. When you serve him, when you give to him, and you, you help others, and you give of your time and your money, and you, you're doing it out of the rest, the seventh day, the peace with God that he gives us. Changes everything. You're exhausted. This life can be exhausting, but when you find your rest in Christ, purpose, meaning becomes front and center, and you remember, like the seventh day, God is the point, and I'm not. What would it look like? That's the question. Let's pray. Father, I. I ask you, if even one person online with us, or in the room with us, even one person, has never come to Jesus in faith. It's you, I know only you can save. I can't save them. I'm not big enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, but God, you are big enough. Jesus, your cross is enough. Would you open their heart to just come to you to repent and believe? That we might celebrate, just as the angels in heaven are celebrating. A lost son or daughter come home. Father, for the many who are in Christ here and are just weary and tired, or about to be, because of some life circumstance that we're not even aware of, but you are, you're already there. I pray, oh God, give us that yoking of Christ, that rest the point of our lives might be for you and about you. Help us, Lord, to save us from ourselves and the merry-go-round of our own lives to work out of our rest, not rest from our work. We can never do that without you. So I plead with you by your spirit and in the name of Jesus to do that in each life here. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. You can stay seated if uh, you're not able to stand, but if you want, stand with us and let's worship.